Ephesians 4, verse 1. I urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Welcome to Debbie DeVries Ministry uh, Podcast. Now, each week, I systematically walk us through a portion of Scripture in order to help give us a greater understanding of the character, the undeniable presence, and faithfulness of God. Now, we're still in Ephesians, and I'm hoping that um, if you are joining in and listening to me, that you will maybe just take this opportunity to turn turn me off for um about five minutes and and open up Ephesians 4 and read it uh, and then come back and we start back at the place I urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received now here's the thing all of us walk we all go from one place to another and I'm not talking about our speed whether we are a slow walker or fast fast walker what I am talking about is our style your swagger the way you move your hips, the way you bend your knees, the way your arms swing back and forth, your posture, your gait. Now, before you dismiss me and say, I walk like everyone else, I actually want to tell you about a study I heard about. Um, now, this study was done in order to see if an individual could be identified by the way they walk. Now, through a whole lot of scientific, mathematical stuff that involved a lot of machines and computer, which for the most part went way over my head, bottom line, I was able to understand that each person, each individual has a signature movement. Now, most of us don't think about the way we walk. We just do it. We go through life walking from one thing to another. The letter pivots. In this final chapter, we turn our attention um, to the central theme of walking. You see, because in the original text, it says, I urge you to walk, to walk worthy of the, of the, um, worthy of the calling that you have received. What he is saying, what Paul is saying, is no more just going about aimlessly without purpose or without thought. Instead, he is telling us to have a distinctive walk, a walk that reflects in Christ we are redeemed, a walk that reflects in Christ we are adopted, in Christ we are heirs, seated with him in the heavenly places, a distinctive walk that reflects in Christ we are family. Do we have a walk that has signature movements? Now, chapter 1 to 3 um, is a view from a mountaintop, so to speak. What Paul does is he takes us to a mountaintop and he says, look out, look at the expanse, see what God has done for you. Do not take your eyes off what he has accomplished, who he is and who you are in him. And then it's like Paul takes us down to real life. He takes us down from the mountaintop and is saying... Because of what I've shown you, the unmeasurable amount of grace, goodness, mercy, and love of God, the resurrection power, and the mystery of the church, which is unity, live your life from here on end accordingly. We move from doctrine to practical. Verses, or chapters 1 to 3 are doctrine. Chapters 4, 5, and 6, practical. Now, practical is seen in the way we walk. Now, some translations use the word walk. 
some use living. Nonetheless, we see the word walk seven times to be precise in the book of Ephesians. It's a picture of everyday living. So the question becomes, how do I walk worthy? How do I walk in a way that lines up with the gospel? How do I walk in a way that reflects what God has done in my life? What God has done for the church? What does our signature movement look like? Are our steps movements that clearly make us undeniably recognizable as believers? How do we become who we are? How do we do it? Well, the good news is, is that we're not left to figure it out on our own. Ephesians 4 tells us that we are to be completely humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort, every effort, it says, to keep the unity. Now I'm thinking, if any of these things were easy to do, our go-to, then we wouldn't need to be taught or told to walk in such a manner. Unity is the practical application of what we've seen or what we've been taught in the first three chapters. We are one through Jesus. Now what a timely message um, this is for the church today when there is so much out there that has the potential to divide and actually does divide. There is political pressure. I've actually watched believers scrap and then walk away from each other over differing views on a political stance or a political leader. Or how about the COVID pressures? Vaccine, no vaccine. Mask, no mask. And again, I know families who are divided within the church. This is not okay. It simply is not okay. I was chatting with a gal who told me that she'd be no longer friends with anyone who's not vaccinated. I just don't see that message anywhere in the Bible. Or what about those things that church, um, that those church things that church people fight over? You know, the things that divide us, like drums, no drums, King James Version, NIV, women in office, nope, no woman allowed. Adult baptism, infant baptism, full immersion, sprinkles. My denomination has it more right than your denomination. My church is better than yours. Now I'm just saying that there is only one person able to call the church his church. Do you really think that God cares what name is on the front door of any church building? No. No, but he does care about the people within it. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one celebrates, we all celebrate. You see, there is going to only be one new heaven and one new earth. We are going to be all together. You know what? We're going to be non-denominational. So I'm thinking we might as well start being together now. Sprinkled or dunked. Infant or adult baptism, electric guitar or organ, old hymns or Bethel, a praise and worship music. 
You see, God is building a body, a temple. The oneness we have in Christ is already a spiritual reality. Our responsibility is to guard it, protect it, and preserve that unity. How are we doing with that? What does our stride look like? And we have unity because of what we share in common. We share Jesus, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one Father. What we have in common is far greater. It's far greater than any potential difference we may have. Walk accordingly, my friends. Now, spiritual unity is preserved through humility, gentleness, patience, and bearing with one another in love. Now, to the Greeks of this day, humility was weakness. It was a temperament of a lowly slave. Any self-respecting human would not consider humility a characteristic worth having. Paul is saying, change your gait. Change the way you walk. Humility means putting Jesus first, others second, and ourselves last. It's so countercultural. In humility, we are able to see who we are. We are just like the person sitting next to us. Therefore, humbleness allows us to esteem others. Well, yeah, just exactly that. It allows us to esteem others. It is the opposite of conceit and arrogance. My friends, humbleness, it's not weakness. It is power under control. And then there's gentleness, which is the opposite of self-assertion. There's patience. And patience is endurance even under affliction. I read this actually. Patience is long-suffering It's a spirit which bears insult and injury without bitterness. It is the spirit that bears the sheer foolishness of men without irritation. It's a spirit that can suffer unpleasant people with graciousness and fools without complaint. Long-suffering or bearing with one another is the way in which we need to choose to walk. It needs to be one of our signature movements. Why? Well, because here's the thing. Inevitably, someone's going to tick you off within the church family. Long suffering is needed so that these offenses will not, will 100% not work against God's purpose of bringing all things together in Jesus. Sadly, there's enough of the flesh in every one of us to wreck any local church or any other work of God. Oh boy, do we need to put aside our own petty personal whims and attitudes. And we need to work together in peace. It's a choice we need to make. It's a decision that is a calculated one, a discipline that requires us leaning on the Holy Spirit to help. Lean in, my friends. You see, because the person to your right and left, they need you too, as much as you need them too. Now, I also want to state that the world is watching us, the church. 
And if we cannot master our own step, our own steps, if we fight the Holy Spirit working within us, then how can we ever expect anyone to come and fall in line with what we are being asked to do here in Ephesians 4? There is so much to talk about in chapter 4. And really, there is no way I can do the whole chapter uh, justice in just this one podcast. But what we can do is we can overview. We can take an overview of it, look at it as as a whole, and be reminded of how to live in a way, how to walk in a way that is worthy of our calling. We are told, again, once again, it's actually the third time in Ephesians, that there are spiritual gifts. The list here in chapter 4, when you go back and read it, is not a full list. We know this because in the letters that Paul wrote to the Romans and to the Corinthians, well, he expands on the spiritual gifts list. Bottom line, we each have a job to do. God has a specific giving that he has given to you and to me. And if you're not sure what it is, I actually do have a simple spiritual uh, gift test that you can reach out to me and I'd be very happy to share it with you. I actually did this test um, myself with a couple of friends over a cup of coffee and a box of donuts and it was great. Uh, Maybe consider doing the same thing. Now for those of us who do know our spiritual gifts, I remind you, it's a gift. Are you using it? And we are told in Ephesians 4 not to be infants tossed about, listening to different spiritual fads that come and go. You see, fads change. Spiritual fads, they leave one disappointed and worse yet, they leave one deceived. We're actually told that there are some who set out to deceive. Their motive, I don't know, maybe fame, money, or power. But then there's also 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, um, and it says this, For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itchy ears want to hear. Now, if we were mature... And the way this happens, by the way, is by staying in your Bible, in in studying the Bible. But if we are mature, we will know when we are hearing something that's just not right. Our spidey senses will kick in. We are to walk in truth and love. We are to get rid of falsehood. When we get angry, do not sin in anger. That's a tough one. Stealing's a no-go, and I'm just saying that there are many different ways to steal. Unwholesome talk, get rid of it. Bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice, gone. They're gone. Here's what I'm thinking. If these things were not a problem in one way or another for us, then they wouldn't be here listed in the Bible. Here they are. So I'm thinking that they are a deliberate change in the way we need to handle ourselves. I'm actually going to say that again. There will be a deliberate change that we need to make in order to handle these kind of troublesome areas in our life. Now, the good news is, is that we've been given, we've been given alternatives. alternatives. Speak truthfully. 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Work hard. Give to the poor. Build each other up. Be kind, compassionate, and forgiven, forgiving just as Jesus has forgiven you. You see, it's all about changing our stride. It's all about the signature found in our movement. It's about being deliberate. There's a lot to think about this week. The question that I have is how is your walk going? Are there any changes that we need to make? I'm thinking that each one of us should get on our good walking shoes, so to speak, and work on walking worthy of the calling we each have. I'll walk with you, and I'm hoping that you'll walk with me. Amen. I'm so glad that you were able to join me on today's podcast. You can learn more about me and my ministry at debbiedevriesministry.ca. It's my desire that through this podcast, you are drawn into a deeper relationship and a clearer understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, as we spend the time to get to know God the Father and Jesus our Savior as revealed through the Bible. I would love to connect with you. My social media links and email address can be found on my website. Let me know if anything I've said on the podcast has made a difference in your life. Leave me a review or shoot me a a personal email. But until we meet again, keep reading, keep reading on, and grow in your relationship and your love with God the Father, Jesus, His Son, our Savior, through the Holy Spirit. Amen.